you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. Hey! 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 Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer of the Action Network. This is your Friday workshop for the three NBA playoff games that we have on tap. Glad to have you with us. Want to let you know that if you're going to be in Vegas. Next week, the week of the NFL draft, you absolutely need to check out the special Action Network event. Action Network is hosting a pre-NFL draft happy hour at Circus Stadium Swim in downtown Las Vegas next Wednesday, April 27th. They've got an open bar, surprise guests, and betting tips from some of your favorite action pros. The event is 21+, plus and it's totally free, but it does require an RSVP. So if you're in Vegas next week, just check out the link in this episode description to RSVP. I've got with me professional better Raheem Palmer, who's hanging in as the playoffs continue to beat him up because he's not sleeping enough. And I've got Brandon Anderson, NBA futures analyst, who's here with a whole bunch of victory laps to take on a number of subjects. But we're going to break down the three Friday night NBA games. Just so you know, on Friday's episode, uh, you'll have this on Friday afternoon. We're going to do like a big breakdown of the weekend's games and it's going to go long. We're going to break down that Celtics and like all of that, a lot of complicated stuff, get you ideas about future angles on all of this stuff. Lots to kind of break down today. We're going to focus on these three games that we got on tap for Friday. So let's go ahead and break this down. Starting with, we got to talk about the news of the night. The Milwaukee Bucks are taking on the Chicago Bulls. Two-day turnaround after the Bucks drop a game two. I trusted them to, once again, minus 10. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Milwaukee keeps hurting my feelings very badly. But the bigger news is that Chris Middleton suffered an MCL sprain. We're recording this on Thursday at 1 o'clock Eastern. Uh, we don't have details of the MRI yet. Okay, we will probably talk about the, those results on tomorrow's show. That injury is pretty significant. Jeff Stotts, great, great injury reporter. Thinks it's going to be about three to six weeks on average. If it comes back as a full tear, which technically a sprain is a small tear. But anyway, like if it comes back that it's going to need surgery, he's donezo. The Bucks gambled with their roster saying, we need more size to battle and bead. So they liquidated their wing depth, gave up Dante DiVincenzo, Gave up Rodney Hood, who I honestly think could have helped. Got Serge Ibaka, who's not playing right now much at all. And now they could be without Chris Middleton. 
this is really, 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 really bad for the Milwaukee Bucks. It's also really, really, really bad for me as I have included the Bucks in so many, so many bets. Eastern Conference, finals, playoff, like finals matchups, series, all sorts of things. It's bad. The Chicago Bulls, Brandon Chicago Bulls are plus one and a half at home still. He reps his Bulls jersey after saying the Bulls would never win a playoff game in <laughs> after trading for Nikola Vucevic. Um, early bets, 83% of the tickets are on the Bucks, but 67% of the money is on the Bulls in the Action Network app. It's early, but that's a pretty stark differential. This open three and a half, it's minus one and a half right now. Brandon? I know you're going to want to talk about Bucks futures. I want to, I want you to focus on the game first. So what's your take on this game in particular, given how games one and two have gone? Yeah, I, I think that the line is right. That this feels like a toss up. Look, one thing that has really stood out and honestly has surprised me in games one and two, that, that crowd, that, that was a partisan crowd. Like there are a lot of Bulls fans that made the two hour drive to Milwaukee and the Bulls fans were allowed there. What happens when the Bulls finally have a team that they believe in and the fans get to get in front of the United Center, get get all the guys home, now believing no Middleton, like surely he's not going to play in game three. I think we have to at least expect that. The, the line expects that. And the way that the Bulls got the win, the way that they have hung in through the two games, I don't think you know, I talked to a lot of fans in the area and there wasn't a lot of hope coming into the series. So it's kind of like, well, we had fun back in the fall, didn't we though? <laughs> and I think there's a little hope now you get the win. You got a couple home games here. It feels really like a toss up here. So I don't know that I have a, a strong lean on the game because it just feels so unknown. Like the, the bucks are so shorthanded right now. It's not just Middleton. Like Ibaka played one minute in, in game two. So that's not part of the rotation. George Hill is still hurt. And like, I realize it's problematic if you're bringing up George Hill, but we're bringing up George Hill. It matters for this team. Bobby Portis left hurt and played under 10 minutes last game. We know Bobby loves playing in Chicago. So that would be a big mess if he is limited or out at all. They're just, they're running out of bodies. Like they basically have their few stars left and and like that I'm trying to talk myself into like well maybe they should start Grayson Allen and get some more scoring out there because they don't seem to shoot very well and they just lost their best three-point shooter maybe they need a little more from Pat Connaughton like these are the options that we've come to we did this last year I remember I tried to talk you guys into Jordan War last year I was like well maybe Jordan War can come and do some stuff I think this for me is going to be more of a prop spot I lean bucks here just because I'm not ready to just immediately bail entirely. But I think the only way you can lean bucks is if Giannis just is a superhero and he can be. And that's why it's still hard to totally count them out. But I think it's a spot where if you like the bucks, you just have to like Giannis and you have to play the points. You have to play the rebounds. You have to figure huge minutes. You got to play the overs, the alternate overs. I think for me, that's probably the angle or you just go in on DeMar and the Bulls on the other side. But I think the props is is maybe the best way to go. Uh, we'll talk tomorrow. You have a very specific angle that you want to play from a futures perspective based off of this news. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. Uh, There's a report just as you were talking on uh, Twitter, a reporter out of Milwaukee, Dario 
uh, Melendez, uh, WISN 12 News Sports Director in Milwaukee, says being told Middleton's out three to four weeks. So okay. that's going to like this series for sure. Probably next series might be back for conference finals. Uh, it is. I think it's very easy at this point to be like the Bucks are toast. That's it. It's over. Um, I want to I want to pause on it because I, I need to think about it some more. I understand how obvious that seems. I don't like obvious angles in the NBA playoffs. Oftentimes, a bunch of things surprise us. Like, it's just one of those things. The other thing I would say is, like, um, what they're going to do now is is they're going to have to play Grayson Allen more. And honestly, Grayson's been pretty good this year. I do actually. It's funny. You mentioned Jordan Wara. I didn't like Jordan Wara last year. I actually really like the way Jordan Wara's played this year. And yeah, I'm not saying, like, it's good. But I also think that you need, like, a very low bar versus this Bulls offense. Like, Congratulations, Costco Kobe moved up to to target Kobe last night with Demar, but I I I am still going to kind of be like mm, Demar's going to have to show it to me for an entire series before I start buying in. Raheem, yeah. I'm very interested to get your thoughts on this because this is a super like don't you know keep it simple, stupid, just bet against the Bucks without Chris Middleton versus is there contrarian value here on Milwaukee? What do you think in this one? really struggling with this one. I think this is one I really have to think about too, just because I didn't expect Middleton to be out three to four weeks. Um, the thing that stands out to me is that the Bucks have an offensive rating in this series of just 101. And Middleton was in the lineup for that. Now, I know Grayson has been solid, but I'm wondering how do they defend the, the wings of the, of the Bulls without Middleton? I mean, obviously you still have Drew but I think that changes this series so much because now you got to deal with DeRozan and Levine and I don't know how they do it. I'm trying to figure out does inserting Grayson for more minutes. Does that mean that we're going to see a bulls offensive explosion? Um, are we seeing more overs than unders um, just based on his presence? Cause I, I think Middleton is, I mean, he adds a defensive presence and an offensive presence that the Bucks missed so much. So I think the plus 220 on the Bulls is a little bit too high. That's just way series too price? high. Yeah, the series price. Like, there's no way in the world you should be able to remove, you remove Middleton and this line is, like, I think we should be closer to a pickup. Now, I know the Bucks made that run at the end of the game, but we are, boy, we are overreacting. Uh, I get it. I get it. I think Chris Middleton's really good, but we're talking about a series that we all thought was a sweep. And in in some ways we were wrong because the Bucks offense isn't doing anything. Right. But here's my question for you. The Bucks didn't offense didn't do anything versus in the first three games versus the Nets either. Like, and, and then Kyrie Irving got hurt. Do you, do you think the bulls are genuinely stopping them outside, outside of Alex Caruso? Very good. Very good defensive player. Could, by the way, uh, Alice Caruso stocks over. You can find that all of yeah, the play steals. Play and, that and, one too. Yeah, just just take just take the stocks. Like rebounds is good, but stocks I think is I love stocks for Caruso. He yeah. just picks them up. Um, I mean, look, I, I was I've been wrong on the Bucks twice, so maybe that that's just like I, I'm not gonna bet it. That's like that's the thing. Yeah. Like, I trusted the Bucks twice. I've been burned twice, so I'll stay away from it. And if you guys want to go Bulls, I won't argue. I I worry a lot. Like the gap between these two teams is significant. Bulls played great for two games and the Bucks played shitty for two games. If we get back to average performances, even without mid. But 
it's not like, well, you know, what Middleton always going to have 22 points. We're going to have to find those points somewhere. It's just, it's the cumulative effect. Like it's not that Middleton is this amazing defender, but replacing that in the lineup with Grayson Allen, like they're going to hunt Grayson every time that Grayson's on the court. If, if he's getting scored, yeah, they're not going to switch though, Brandon, but Brandon, they're not going to switch. Like they're not going to switch it. But who's, who's Grayson going to guard? Like somebody, he's going to have to guard somebody, and they're they're just going to hunt him. I think. Yeah, but like so. But, but here's here's my question though. Like if okay, can the Bulls win this game just with isolate with mid range isolations? Can they win a series that way? That's literally that is, what they've won all season that way. No, no, that, that's In that's the a regular fair point. season for that's, sure, that, buddy. That, that's yeah, a the fair regular point. season for sure. Can they that's do it in the playoff point. series for four games? That's that's a, that's a totally fair point because. That's one of the reasons why I like the Bucks coming into this series because yeah. the Bulls simply don't shoot enough threes. Yeah. Like, and like when you look at game two, the Bulls were 12 of 25 from three. And the Bucks were 14 of 36. Now I know the Bulls shot a higher percentage, but at some point they still have a math problem. Raheem, just let's take a second and celebrate how funny it is that Brandon's like hyped, like drinking Bulls, Bulls Gatorade right now. Like he's drinking the the Bulls punch after how drinking much he dogged Gatorade? this team. Yeah, excuse me. I, this is not drinking the Gatorade. Do not put words in my mouth. I just think every playoff series we watch, what we see is when you run out of guys that can play both ways, that's it's fair. a problem. Yeah, and fair. the Bucks just lost a guy that can play every minute they have, offense and defense, and not take things off the table. They're just running out of options there. So. To me, I, Matt, I think you're underestimating what the loss is. And I don't think that this is curtains like, well, the Bucs are just done. They'll be like, you win another game. No, I, I think the series is much closer to even. I think the series price, I think it's, I think it's maybe about right. I, I think there might be a little value on the Bulls, but I'm not like running to bet Chicago right now. The, the Bucs still have Giannis. And for a while, just that. Against the Bulls, just Giannis probably is enough. It's the attrition thing that I'm yeah. worried about because yeah. I think now we're looking at not a sweep. Now we're looking at a very real scenario where this series goes six or seven. Yeah. And suddenly the, the, the box are the team with the rest disadvantage in the next round. The Celtics are up 2-0. Suddenly they're the team with a disadvantage. Now Middleton comes back maybe like game three or four, but is playing limited role. If he comes back even then, Giannis, by the way, is playing like 44 minutes a game doing everything. And maybe Giannis can just do that forever. We don't know. Kind of did last year. But like at some point, all of that, like even if the Bucs keep winning right now and they might, all of what's going to have to happen right now to get there is going to carry so much mileage later on. Like even then. You beat the Celtics or Nets. You outlasted the Bulls. You finally got Middleton back. He's still not 100%. Giannis is worn down from a month of doing literally everything. And you still have to play two more really hard series to win a title. For sure. So to me, it's, it's, that's the long-term thing. Is like, I don't think that this sunk them against the Bulls in game three or in the series. I think that the, the Bucks for me went from my Eastern favorite to... I, I could talk myself into them being fifth in the East to come out of the East right now. I think yeah. it's a huge drop off. Yeah. I mean, I look, I, I think mid's hugely important. Um, yeah. Look, I don't want to go down this road because I don't want, I don't want anybody to get hurt. I don't want anybody to get hurt. I'm just saying 
we got more grace than Allen in the playoff series. Y'all better tape the bulls up tight. Oh. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned. And like, that's uh, something that can honestly, like that's a real possibility. And that's something that could, they could flip a series. Like I just, I would be worried. Like I'm, I, I get concerned when Grayson plays more minutes. Um, what, yeah. what, what would you guys do if, so the Bucks obviously are having a hard time scoring and now they just lost Middleton. They need even more points. They need also the lack of his spacing out there. I think is going to be problems for Giannis. So what's, what's the lineup adjustment? Is it just it's more not, Grayson look, Allen? What would no, you do? Look, here's the thing. Shot quality. Like, I don't know what else to do here. I don't know what else to do here. I, you don't watch the box. If you go back and you watch the tape, you don't go, that's a bad shot. That's a bad shot. That's a bad shot. You yeah, go, that's yeah. a really I, good shot. Yeah. Why didn't I, I agree with all of that, but all of that is now irrelevant because Milton played most of game two. Right. But like Drew, so, if Drew Holiday turns back into Drew Holiday, you're fine. But Holiday has never been a knockdown shooter. He's not getting the respect that Middleton is to like, that's it's another accumulation where without Middleton out there, the defense can be a half step closer to the rim and make life a little harder on Giannis that way. So that's what I'm asking is, do you try Brooke Lopez? Like it seems like, well, they have to play Brooke because they just need, they need the guys that can play. Do you try to go Giannis at center and space it out, bring yeah. Grayson out there, bring whatever these yeah. wings that they have left and yep. you need to find the scoring. I think that's the move, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I would go, I would go center. I would go Giannis at center and switch everything is what I would do. It limits your, it limits your yeah. liability. Play a little so bit of aura, get through it. Like Wes is getting cooked, but Wes will, Wes will probably have a good game here at some point. Yeah. And that's probably well, the thing is like Brooke Lopez is a rim protector, yep. but Vooch and Damar are just shooting over anyways. So I feel like that's not necessarily going to break your defense. They're going to make yeah. those shots. They're going to make them. It, so well, yeah. I, yeah, like, that's, I, I feel like Brooke Lopez unders and Vooch overs. Like if Brooke is off, then Vooch is going to get his chances. So I feel mm-hmm. like that's kind of where I'm leaning on that one. Well, Vooch is getting his chances anyway, because Brooke's not going to cover him at three point range. So yeah. Yeah. Definitely um, keep yeah. playing the threes, by the way. I, I think Brooke unders maybe might be a play and maybe like, look that that switch move might backfire. Cause then they can't, they can't hunt Grayson. Um, but I think we're all in agreement here. Is anybody going to bet game three? Is anybody going to bet the side or total on game three? It's totals two twenty three and a half. Kind of like the under a little bit there, Raheem. Kind of leaning that way as well. Um, I mean, this number's going up on on the Bucks. I think if it keeps going up, I might have to put something on Chicago. What do you mean the numbers going up on the Bucks? It was one and a half, and then I see twos in the market. Uh, well, it was three and a half at open. Um, oh really? Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Like, so is two a buy point? Is two and a half a buy point for you on Chicago? Don't you just want to play the money line there? Yeah, I think I, I think I would just play the money. Are you gonna? Are this, you gonna bet it? I kind of need to think this. All right, through. Well, all right, we'll follow you in the action app. And Brandon, you're you're a no play on side total. Just gonna play props. Yeah, I think I'm a no play. My my play is this is the spot before game three to bet your Eastern future. Like be, before the Bucks possibly lose a game three, this is a spot to bet your Eastern future. Um, okay. Well, we'll talk about this tomorrow on Friday on like the Friday morning show. So you should be able to catch it before that game. Let's go to, to Hawks heat. I think this series is fascinating. Oh, by the way, on Bucks, I lean Bucks, but do not trust me because I'm and two versus the Bucks. I have too much faith in them. So like you might just want to fade me with Milwaukee and just bet against this. Just bet the Bulls because no matter what I think, the Bucks are always going to underperform. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. 
It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick their over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to write it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Make sure to use promo code BUCKETS and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper and use promo code BUCKETS when you deposit. Term and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Okay, back to the show. All right, Heat Hawks. Heat are one and a half favorites. It hasn't moved. Open 220. It's a 221 and a half on the total. 82% of the tickets on Miami, 75% of the money on Miami. So a little bit of an edge towards Atlanta. I think I'm betting Atlanta. Uh, I will make the case really quickly. The John Collins moving game two worked. It took Jimmy Butler with a career high, a career high 45 and four made threes and a whole bunch of other things there are still adjustments that they can make. A lot of this is like, again, this gets into the whole coaching question of, can you trust a coach to make the adjustments? If McMillan gets them out of drop with Collins, like you're playing Collins, you can drop. You're like, you don't have to drop now. Just switch it. Just switch things, man. Because when they're switching, the Heat are scoring, the literal drop in effective field goal percentage is 20%. They are killing their soft coverage, which makes sense. If you leave, if you give the Heat, drop coverage where the guard comes over the pick and he just gets to basically make a read or shoot. If you make the, like, you don't want the heat having to make systemic decisions. That's where they're great. Make them beat you Mm one-on-one. And so if they go to that, I think that they can slow down this heat offense, especially in Atlanta where Raheem, I'm sure is going to talk about how good Atlanta has been at home compared to how shitty they've been on the road. Uh, I think the heat have played well, but the Hawks honestly had a really terrible first half of game one and they had a really bad last 10 minutes of game two. And other than that, they've played real well. So I, I don't think that Atlanta is going to make this a long series. I kind of think that the Heat are going to win game four and be able to close it out at home. But, and I hate that where I'm only getting a, a point and a half, like I'm not going to get a good number on this. I'm going to wait and see if I can, with the, the tickets coming in on Miami, and the, the majority, I'm hoping the books will finally relent and move this to two, two and a half, and then I'll bet Atlanta. But that's my angle for game three, Raheem, as I like Atlanta. I'm laying a point and a half with the Atlanta Hawks in the first half. Um, it's crazy that they're underdogs for the, for the game. One and a half point favorites for the first half, but I got to go with that home team's down 0-2 angle, which is 33-10, and 33-10-1 at 77%. We saw the Toronto Raptors come out like world beaters in the first half, first quarter, and they got it done. And we know this Hawks team, they're absolutely dominant at home. On the road, they really, really struggle. I mean, their home road splits are very, very damning. I mean, this is a team right now, they're 27 and 14 straight up at home, 16 and 25 in the regular season on the road. And on the road, they actually haven't covered a game in which they've lost. So, I think you're looking at two different teams, home road, that home teams down 0-2 trend has worked out really, really well. And I think this is the spot to take it. 
I'm hoping they play Herder less. So here's a question for you, Brandon, on a prop, and we can get your mm-hmm. side in total too. Um, the lineups with Herder have basically been annihilated. Like Herder's been their problem. Like very specifically, he's been their problem. Like Bogdanovich has really bad numbers. He has good numbers when Herder's not on the floor. Collins has bad numbers. Collins has good numbers when Herder's not on the floor. If they just play DeLon right, they're doing really well. So uh, I like an obvious adjustment would be to play Herder less. I just don't know if McMillan's going to get there. I think there's going to be like a McMillan seems much more like the coach to be like, we're going home. We're going to play our game. Our guys will shoot better. We need the shooting. We got to be able to put up threes. I'm not going to going to take out Kevin, but like that to me seems like a, an adjustment to make. What do you think about that prop? And then what do you think about the side in total? I'm with you, but unfortunately I'm with you on both sides of that. Like I agree that, you know, Bogdanovich, I'd love to see a little more Bogdanovich, a little less herder, but I would have loved to see that for a lot of the season. And we keep not necessarily seeing it. Like they just, they're, they're sticking with herder. So I think that's one of the ones that you talk about not trying to get ahead of, of the angle. And I, I feel like on that one, we got to wait maybe until we actually see it because I'm not so confident that that switch is going to be coming or that the minutes are going to go away. Um, and even if they do, it might come like second half of the game where it's just not enough to, to play a huge role. But yeah, I was trying to debate between kind of the, the, the sides that both of you took. Do I, it, it seemed like an Atlanta spot. They're O2, but it hasn't been as bad as it looked. They've had one really rough stretch each game. All the stuff that you said, I agree with the home road split. It's not just Atlanta. Miami was 29 and 12 at home. That's best in the East. The Heat, we know, even in past playoffs, has been a team that has not been as good on the road. Like the Heat role players don't hit shots quite as well on the road as they do at home, too. I mean, that's, that's every role player, but the Heat especially has stood out that way. So it's not just that the home road switch favors Atlanta, but that it takes away from the Heat as well. Yeah, so I... I'm debating Atlanta for the game or Atlanta first half. I was thinking Atlanta. I'm like you said, Matt, you've been on Milwaukee. And so maybe fade your position here. I've been on Atlanta and it's not working out for me. So I'm kind of feeling similarly, but I do feel better about the first half. I think than for the game, don't know if I trust this team uh, to still take this to six or longer. Like I thought they'd be able to, because they're just, Unfortunately, you get that bad five or ten minute stretch. That's enough. In in a playoff game against a team like Miami, that's enough, and you just can't win. Then, and I don't know when that stretch comes, but and the first half angle is a little safer play, and that way I don't have to worry about what happens late. I'm playing Trey Young props. Trey, it's it's a little tenuous because I'm going against Trey, and he's at home, and it's a spot where the superstar has to come out and perform. But the numbers for Trey against Miami just haven't been good. Last game, 25 points, six rebounds, seven assists. Like those are good. Those are just not good enough for Trey. When you leave the league in points and assists for the season, he's under his 39.5 point rebound assist number in five of six Miami games. Now this season, both playoff games and even better, got to play the turnovers. Trey had 10 turnovers last game, 10. He had six in game one. He has uh, for the season against Miami, He's averaging 6.5 turnovers per game. His line is at 4.5, has not moved up. So you have to play the turnovers here. Uh, It's just, there's going to be mistakes. And even the more that he presses, the more the mistakes will come. So it's hard for me to bet Atlanta on the game and fade Trey Young. That's, That's kind of a tough dissonance there to try to do both. 
So I think I may be Atlanta first half with Raheem and then fading Trey with some of those props. Let me make a, a counter argument here. Not for the combined over, just for rebounds and assists. So Trey struggles mm-hmm. versus switch coverage, which is all the heat are going to run. And that makes sense, right? Bigger defenders, able to stay in his airspace, going to contest. His shot selection is always a little meh. So I don't mind the a points under on him. Mm-hmm. From a rebounds perspective, if we think like home role players shoot better, road role players shoot worse, just a higher volume of rebounds available from a lower percentage from Miami could bump up those rebounds. And if we think the home players are going to shoot better, a higher assist percentage combined with Trey's a willing passer. And I think that they're the, the heat are likely to be to keep sending the kind of covers that they have at him. And so from, from that perspective, I kind of like rebounds and assists over for Trey and just keep points out of it. If you want to go points under and just play that angle, but I, I would worry about points, rebounds, assist combined, because if he does have fewer turnovers, those probably convert into assists or points. Um, now, you might be right, and they just keep causing turnovers on him. But I, because of his usage, I still kind of feel like the rebounds, assist over might be worth a play. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the rebounds with the guard, his size, you just never know with the rebounds. So I don't mind just leaving that out. Like, I can see that. Your argument makes sense there. The assists, I want to fade, though, because he's played six games against Miami this season. He hasn't had double-digit assists in any of those games. He has eight, seven, nine, five, four, and six assists. And what was the, 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 four, the line on him? What was the line last game on him? It was eight and a half, which is a bummer because I was all set to fade, fade that, and then they really pushed the line down. He was at like 10 and a half for a lot of the season. So it's, I don't know you can really – I mean, he is under eight and a half all but one of those games. So if you just want to go with the assist, you can just do it that way. And the upside of that is you might be able to go under on the assist, even if he has a good game, because he could have a good game scoring like 38 and just not have the assists. Huh. So that might be the way if, if you just want to fade the playmaking and not, I, I, I agree. Don't worry about the rebounds. Like for me, when I do a point rebound assist, it's just, if I'm taking the under, like usually if I do a PRA, I'm doing the under. And I'm just wanting, give me the highest line possible. I'm just expecting this guy to not post a big game. So give me the highest line and let him do less stuff. All right. Rebounds and assists is 12 and a half. How many assists do you, th- do you expect from him? So he's averaging 6.7 assists a game against Miami this year. But the minutes are going to be there. Be above or below that number in this game? I, I would put him, I would certainly put him above 6.7. I'll, I'll say, I'll say seven or eight, probably eight assists, which is why it's hard to play that under. Okay, so he needs five or more rebounds in that in that perspective. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. We'll be. I, I think I'm going to play. We'll see. I, it'd be a fun one. We can go head to head on this and and figure out which one of us goes. Um. Okay. So Raheem's with me on. He's he's on Atlanta first half. Brandon, are you going to bet Atlanta first half, or are you just going to stay away from side? I think I'll play the first half. Okay. Uh, I will probably. He'll. You guys are on on first half. I'll go first half with you and jinx you. And then I'll take uh, Atlanta money line full game. It's 106. Hopefully I get a better number and I'll bet it again. Uh, last game of the night. We actually have some news breaking on this. Uh, Brian Winhorst of ESPN reports. Devin Booker is going to miss two to three weeks with a grade one hamstring strain. So that's not as bad as it could be, right? Like could be back for the conference finals, which I think is when they're going to need him. A lot of love for the Pels right now. Just like this Pelicans team is tough. And like, they're really good. And like, you don't, and the atmosphere is going to be crazy in New Orleans. The, new, the Pels have already announced sellouts for games three and four. 
Suns are one and a half point favorites. Totals down at 216 and a half. Brandon, let's start side total. Do you have anything that you want to play on this? I love the Suns here. Raheem, I know, thinks that the Pelicans have a real chance to win the series. I, I can't get there. The Suns have all season long played shorthanded with any number of guys. This is not new to them. They specifically went out and got Landry Shamit to be a like-for-like replacement for Booker if they needed to. Like, he's not Booker, let's be real. But the skill set and the way they play, he, he's the guy I think that's going to start. He started all the games basically when Booker was out this year. So before the last week of the season, obviously when the Suns were just resting, the Suns were eight and three without Devin Booker, but that's fine. And by the way, three and one of that was no Chris Paul either. And down to eight and missed a couple of games. Like this just, this isn't new for the Suns. They've been missing these guys all season. And that's why I was wrong during the season. I kept waiting for things to tail off and it didn't, they just keep winning. So I'm not that worried about it personally in this series. Here. Suns minus one and a half is definitely my favorite side of the day. Um, Ron, very curious to see where you're at on this because you like the Pels. The Booker injury is, is here. That's, a, that's a, a game changer in a series. But you've been on the, the better team in game three spot. That's something you've written about. That's something you've bet. What do you think on Suns minus one and a half? I don't think the Suns are that much of a better team. I think I misread the Suns all year long. What? I, yeah, like I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, look, they're a better team, but they're not vastly superior. Brandon used to say this, that they don't fit the profile of like a, a championship I, team. I still say that. <laughs> and I think he was right. Look, I don't think the Suns have another year. They're a perimeter-oriented team that is just 25th in three-point frequency. And then they don't dominate inside. And when I see inside right now, they need Aiton to be the guy, but they don't feed Aiton, which is like kind of crazy. So you have a team who doesn't take a lot of threes and granted the Pelicans don't either. So I think that's what kind of makes them have an advantage in this series. But the Pelicans are absolutely dominating the offensive rebounds and they're getting more shots. And I think that's a problem in this matchup where you don't have a guy like Devin Booker who can really get his own shot anytime he wants. And I love Chris Paul, but Chris Paul's getting older. And look, if he, if the Pelicans don't shoot under expectation in game one and Chris Paul doesn't go, go off at the end, that's a dogfight. So to me, this series is like a true pick em series right now without Devin Booker. Um, I'm probably not going to play anything for game three, but I like the, I mean, at least on the side, but I like the under. Um, I mean, we saw the Pelicans, like they didn't miss a shot for the last 10 minutes of the game. And the Suns not having Devin Booker, I feel like this is a lower scoring game. So give me the under 216. Uh, I got to respond to the offensive rebounds thing because you brought that up a few times now. You're right. The offensive rebounding percentage was high again in game two. But don't equate game one and game two. They had 25 offensive rebounds in game one. They had 11 in game two. The percentage is high because they didn't miss shots the entire game. They didn't miss shots for like the entire last quarter. They shot 57% on threes. They shot 54% on twos. They just didn't miss shots. Like 11 offensive rebounds versus nine drastically swings that percentage and then totally takes that point away if they just happen to get like two less. So I don't think you can make as big a deal about the offensive rebounds as it has like game one. It was monstrous. It was huge. I feel like the Suns basically addressed that in game two. And I don't think, I mean, look, if you go, if you go, if you go back to their, 
They played on February 25th. Offensive rebound percentage, 34.8. This has been a problem for this, these two teams when they play all season long. And that game on February 25th, Chris Paul didn't play, but Devin Booker did. The Pelicans won 117-102. This is proof, and it, this was after the CJ trade. So CJ dropped 32 in that game. Brandon Ingram dropped 28. To me, the Pelicans have guys who can get a they like when you look at the Suns right now with Chris Paul, they're relying on a bunch of role guys. They don't have a guy who can get them a, a bucket. They they just don't. The Pelicans got two guys. They got two guys who I trust them to get get a bucket over anybody over the Suns. Okay, but do you really trust them? Because you're telling me that you think these teams are even. You're telling me you think this series is a coin flip and the Pelicans are at home and you're not willing to bet the Pelicans at home in game three and you're not willing to bet the Pelicans in the series. So that tells me you don't actually think it's a coin flip series. Ooh, it's a good point. Look, it's still the Pelicans and it's still a younger team. I think this series is closer than what the market is indicating. Are you going to bet plus 225? If you think it's a coin flip series and you're getting two and a quarter, I might have to do it. I'm like, you know, you know what? I'm no, no, mind, no, 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 no. This is the best bet show, buddy. <laughs> I, I'm taking the Pelicans. 225 series. Here's the thing. I, I want an even better price than that. <laughs> hey, Raheem, I got a coin over here. I'm going to flip it. 225 for tails. <laughs> you want, you want tails? All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Um, this will be very interesting. I mean, look, if you're right and the Suns, if you think, but you're not betting the Suns, are you betting the Suns in Game Three? I am not betting the Suns at all. Okay, you're not betting. So you're saying the are passed, basically. I, I think that's fine. I think that's fine. Um, I kind of lean Phoenix. <laughs> I kind of lean Phoenix. Part of this is just like the Pels look awesome because they made all these shots right. It's kind of—I don't mean to do that. It, it, yeah. yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. It's the Bulls. Like these, those two teams are very similar. It's tough shot makers made a bunch of shots. Can tough shot makers make tough shots three out of four games, like three out of five yeah. games? Like that to me is like. That- I think that I think the thing is the Suns are one of those teams that they can just out execute. And I think that's what's keeping me off of this because they're just so good at out executing teams. But when I look at the fact that the Pelicans have the two best shot makers in this series right now, they can take things up to another gear, which we saw in game two. All right. I need very quickly, Brandon, you cannot extrapolate. I need props from you on this, on this, on this game. Okay. So just quickly, I looked at the numbers. I threw out the last week of the season when Booker missed a few games, but the Suns aren't trying. So I was just trying to figure out like, what's the angle here? Who do you play with Booker out? Where do the numbers go up? So here's the short version, not Chris Paul. I kind of thought it'd be Chris Paul, but Chris Paul's numbers were basically the same, at least in the regular season. We're just going off the numbers here. Down Rayton went up about two points a game. Jay Crowder went up about two and a half a game. Landry Shaman, I think he's going to get the start. I don't know. We're going to really see props on him. The guy that you want to play is Cameron Johnson. Cameron Johnson in nine games without Booker averaged 17.8 points a game up from 12 and a half. So that's a huge jump. Cameron Johnson in those games, 35 three pointers in nine games. That's 3.9 per game. He had three or more in seven of the nine. He had four or more in five of the nine. Shamit took a lot of threes, by the way. Crowder took a few more threes. Cameron Payne up two points and a couple more threes. Some of think are going to shoot a few more threes here with Booker out because that's the personnel they have. Don't be afraid if Cameron Johnson doesn't move into the starting line and be like, oh, shoot, I, I liked him, but he's not starting now. He's the guy that has scored a lot more for them. 
Love it. Love it. That's a great angle. Going to be, I'm going to tell you hundred percent on that. All right, let's go back over this uh, real quickly. I'm staying away from Bucks, Bulls. Brandon, are you on the Bulls in that game? I'm going to stay away on that one. Raheem, are you on either side in, in Bucks, Bulls? Staying away from that one. Okay, so we're all staying away on, on, on sure. Bucks, Bulls. Uh, Ra and Brandon have Hawks first half well, in first quarter. Yeah, uh, I've got Hawks full game plus 106 on the money line. Um, Raheem is going to take the Pelicans on the series, but is not going to bet game three. Brandon likes Cam Johnson overs. And are we on, on Brooke Lopez under points of rebounds assists? Yeah, I, th- I think we're, we're leaning there. I don't know. Uh, like we'll see light what bet. the number is. Yeah. Light, yeah, like that. So you can check that out with the props angle as well. Download the Action Network app and you can track all of our picks as well as get up to the second information. Uh, check out the Action Network YouTube page. I did a big video on the Mavs Jazz series, which I think you'll find interesting and informative even after uh, game three tonight when we're recording this will be tomorrow when you hear this episode so before we go before we go take some mass futures we're gonna talk about this tomorrow we're gonna do a big thing on on futures tomorrow and the impact of these injuries but i know like Roz is hitting mavs as much as he possibly can right now um thanks for joining us we'll catch you guys again tomorrow with another episode let's get buckets Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.